to episode 160 of The Digital Life, our insights about the future of design and technology. I'm your host, John Follett, and with me is founder and co-host, Dirk Niemeyer. Greetings, John. Greetings, Dirk. So today we're going to talk a little bit about the next wave of innovation, uh, new forms of design that are going to come as a result of it, and, and ultimately talk a little bit about how technology really de needs design I mean, uh, it goes both ways, but, but oftentimes uh, we pursue technology for its sake alone, and it takes a while for design to really to catch up uh, with technology. Well, I think a great inventor of technology is incorporating design from the beginning. Sure. That's, uh, um, you know, that happens some of the time. Yeah. And, and, and other times, you know, you've got technology that's coming off, you know, the bench at, you know, in a, in a lab somewhere that just doesn't have that human aspect to it. That's true. You know, these topics are, you know, increasingly becoming important and you can see the, uh, the coverage in, in our show over the past six months, we've been talking about things like the internet of things and smart cities, artificial intelligence, virtual reality, robotics, 3d printing, uh, genomics and synthetic biology. All of these, technologies are to certain degrees ready for prime time or or not but they're certainly on the map in terms of informing you know the next stage the next uh wave of innovation that that we've been talking about and and from that perspective uh it's important to us as we're uh defining sort of the roadmap for our podcast moving forward you know the these are the topics that we're interested in and the intersection of design with all these topics if you know they're technology or science based uh what have you and that's been reflected in in our editorial structure although it is uh you know a little bit different direction from where we started which uh you know 5 6 years ago we started the digital life to be a show about adventures uh, in design and and digital technology and user experience when when user experience was less of an accepted uh, part of doing business uh, in, in software and and a little bit more uh, unique and new at the uh, decision making table and while you know i wouldn 't say that design and user experience are necessarily business drivers for everybody they're they're certainly uh come a long way in those five to six years and and we're you know beginning to see other areas of technology that are in in dire need of of design perspective mm -hmm. so i think that's that's really informed where we've been taking the show recently and where it's going to go in the future definitely dirk when you think about the evolution of the show uh, you know, what, what are the things that come to mind? We've, we've covered a, a lot of ground in the past five years, and I think, you know, going forward, we'll have a lot of interesting uh, topics to chew on. But, you know, what's your impression of the arc of the show? You know, John, you've been the one constant on the show, and I'll say that the arc of the show has really mirrored your own arc and, uh, you know, evolution and change. When we started, it was very much, you know, topics of design and technology and UX, you know, um, things that maybe for the time were fresh and, and modern, but to me, they weren't particularly visionary. They were perhaps interesting, um, but we're sort of firmly rooted in, in some of the things you were just talking about. Um, you know, I guess I used to have that news segment that was a little more future focused, um, but 
for the most part, we were we were rooted there. And then when when you really took over the show, and Eric Dahl, our friend, joined you for a while, I mean, he's he's deep in UX. He's been deep in UX for a long time, right? And he's still today deep in UX. And so um, the show that the two of you were crafting together was was staying very much, or I might say, even more in that tradition. You know, when when you and I were working it in the beginning, we had some of that core design UX technology, but then. You know, we had sort of the future side for me as well. Um, but what happened during your time working the show with Eric um, was you were also getting smart on and interested in emerging technologies. That's right. You know, you you published your book and, and you know, you've become one of the best known people now in, in the, f- the field of designing for emerging technologies. And, and so once you and I came back together on the show – um, I mean, I kind of was always out there in the future, and you too now were were out there in the future. And once we had that alignment, I think that the show more and more um, drifted to the point where it's been for quite some time now, which is really about um, either things that are explicitly futuristic or things in the present that are really bleeding edge and raising interesting questions about the future. So when I think about the show and how it evolves, I think about you and I think about how you've changed <laughs> over the years. Um, and it's, it's been a delight to be part of that. Well, thanks Dirk. Yeah, that's, um, that's certainly been, been a part of it. I think that uh, what interests me so much about, uh, you know, these emerging technologies and, and you referred uh, a little bit uh, to the book that, that, uh, uh, you were a co-author on actually that uh, from o- O'Reilly Media, designing for emerging technologies, uh, UX for genomics, robotics, and the Internet of Things. That's that's two years ago now when when we started that, and and it's it's interesting to me that you know we 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 saw that uh, that trend of emerging technologies coming. Uh, I, I think about six months after the book came out, the Internet of Things suddenly became a, a huge or was building into this huge buzzword. So, so now you can hardly go uh, on a tech news site without seeing an IoT uh, reference. Uh, similarly, uh, I think CRISPR really drew an awful lot of attention to uh, uh, the field of genomics uh, in the same way, you know, synthetic biology uh, is more in the news now as well. And, and of course, robotics, um, you know, more and more we're seeing how, how robots, you know, can be helpful on the factory floor or in our homes or what have you. So, so the landscape has really changed in, say, like the 18 to 24 months since, since the book has come out. Mm-hmm. Um, but what fascinates me about the way forward is this idea of new forms of design, which you talked a bit, uh, a bit in your chapter in the book uh, about the intersection of of design and science, I you know I think that design is going to be intersecting with you know all sorts of substrata of of science and technology. I mean, even the Internet of Things. Uh, our our friend Matt Nishlapidus talks about designing for for the network, right? Like, how does the network feel as part of a product? And he does you know an excellent chapter on that in uh, uh, in the book as well. And it's this idea that you can take you, you're 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 doing digital design or you're doing user experience or 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 some element that might be centered more around software, right? And uh, you're you're taking those skills and you're applying them to a new set of technologies, whether it be wearables or robotics. So so you're bringing the human um, 
aspect to these these new, sometimes uh, uh, less humane uh, areas of technology practice. And you're you're finding your way. It's 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 more pioneering. It's it's really similar to what designers had to do at the very beginning of the internet, which you know I I remember uh, you know staring at at an X terminal in the uh, BU computer lab, wondering what the heck the internet was for, why people were excited about it, looking at the Mosaic browser and a bunch of orange. Uh, type on a on a you know beat up old screen and just thinking you know hey you know where where's this going to go yeah. and then you sort of see those first websites and web pages or the initial instantiation of Amazon which you know is was was sort of a mostly text site and you're like oh so I can get a couple books on here I can buy books online mm-hmm. you know it, it didn't seem like that big a deal yeah. but it's these initial um, experiments or these these first looks at the technology which are unrefined which don't have all these the nice frameworks they don't have the the nice processes right mm-hmm. where designers who uh, are willing to take lots of risks to you know find those those first practices uh, you know that that's going to be increasingly important across across all of these areas uh, of course you know at at our studio at Invo, we do a lot of work uh, about the the future of how how genomics is going to be incorporated into digital health. So that's something we care about. You know, in, in other studios, some of our our friends over at uh, Essential, for instance, are deep into robotics. So so they'll um, you know they're thinking about the heuristics, right, of of how you design for robotics. But what what gives me a lot of excitement and hope is that I can see how digital designers are taking these these techniques and and ways of working and applying them to areas which I'm I'm certain need that that uh, human thread through them um, and all sort of at the same time so so it's at, at times both chaotic and exciting and and you know maybe a little a little more scary than having a, a path that's already laid out for you yeah, you know, everything you're saying is true, but I wonder how much of our audience falls into those buckets, right? I I would guess that most of our audience, at least those that are on the design or engineering side, are working on things that would be more traditional software and less down the paths of these things that we're talking about. So I think the things you say are true, but I, I wonder, I'd love to hear from our audience, you know, uh, what uh, to what degree is are the things that we're talking about just a curiosity to what degree are they an inspiration? <laughs> to what degree um, are they kooky? Um, yeah, lots of kooky. Uh, yeah, I don't know, right? I mean, uh, because I, I suspect that the, the majority of people who would, who would be tuning in, they're not spending their day working on robots. They're sure. spending their day working on, on software. But you'll, you'll see, for instance, um, our, our friend Scott over at Adaptive Path, right? So he has done an awful lot of work uh, in software, but uh, you know, I know he's he's working on his wearables book right now. But he's uh, he's really progressive. Like Scott true. is a guy who's bleeding edge kind. Of- but I, I guess my point there is that there are so many medium uh, or media uh, being made available to designers now. So you, you know, if you look over the past uh, eighteen months or so. Uh, you know the the Apple Watch really opened the floodgates to wearables, and and now did it? Is that true? Yeah, I mean, in in or at least anecdotally, I I see 
there are there are many more wearables available today than than there were when when the Apple Watch came out, and and perhaps it's just because, uh, you know, I see these these items in the in the news, but. Uh, a lot of other companies are getting their their feet wet in wearables, and my my only, uh, you know, my my thought there is that, you know, you had your uh, sort of traditional software deployment uh, online that would be used for uh, a laptop or a desktop. You know, enter the tablet, enter the smartphone, now enter the uh, the wearable, and you're expected to have this. Uh, ecosystem of software that sort of works, uh, this product that works across platforms uh, that, you know, it, in, in short order, you know, we've got uh, Google Glass, right, as another experiment. So so I think digital designers are going to naturally get pulled in the direction of emerging technologies, even if it's not, you know, as, as hard science as, you know, some of the stuff required for genomics and synthetic biology. Yeah, yeah. Or, I mean, on, on the robotics side of things, I can see robotics getting cheaper, getting more ubiquitous, and, you know, they, they provide a physical um, uh, uh, sort of ability to interact with the world. I, I, can see, I can see that. I can see the Internet of Things uh, becoming uh, more of a part of enter enterprise deployments, whether that's, you know, sensors to determine whether your HVAC system is, you know, operating at peak efficiency or to, you know, see how many people are in a building or who's coming in, uh, you know, to, to the front desk. Um, so, so I think emerging technologies are seeping into digital design a lot more quickly than I ever expected them to. Um, and, and, and some of the highly futuristic things that, that we talk about, you know, the, the embedded technologies, for instance, or the digestibles, uh, those, those are kookier and, and maybe a, a little bit more in, in left field. But I think across the continuum, there is this, this relevance uh, that is going to only increase over time as digital designers are expected to design for a broader array of things. I can't believe you just called uh, embeddables kooky and irrelevant. Oh, my goodness. It's the, it's, we are the future platform for all this technology. I, man. I, I only meant it was uh, uh, a, a little zany, right? Yeah. Not, not that we're um, it, irrelevant across, you know, the broad, uh, you know, time scale, but that the podcast might seem a little, a little zany uh, if you're just picking it up uh, and expecting, you know, uh, UX and, and tech, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense. So, I wanted to point out some of the other news and uh, um, uh, commentary and, and, and journals that are starting to uh, take shape around emerging technology. And, and there, there are quite a few of them. Uh, you know, for instance, O'Reilly has their solid conference, which is uh, becoming an IoT um, uh, connected objects uh, conference largely. Um, you know, our, our, our friends at, at PTC and ThingWorks have their LiveWorks conference. Uh, GigaOM, I, I didn't even know about that, that uh, this conference. GigaOM Change, a, a buddy of mine is, is going to that. That's a conference in Austin in September about all of the emerging tech that we just uh, talked about. Um, and MIT just recently started up their Journal of Design and Science, right, which I find very interesting, and I believe uh, they accept, uh, you know, comments on on the journal articles uh, from the audience at large too. So, so the, these intersections of design and science, of 
design and, and sort of emerging tech are, are becoming, you know, slowly becoming more, more mainstream, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and probably uh, it, it, it's slowly becoming mainstream, but this is still a lot faster than I, <laughs> than I ever thought it would be. I thought we would be, you know, a number of years out. Uh, you know, from any of this. So, so it's quite a surprise to me. It really speaks to how commercializable a lot of this tech is becoming very mm -hmm. quickly, um, where it went from sort of on the fringes of, of science and research and prototype to heading to, to mainstream in, in very rapid ways. So it, it's really a, a foreshadowing of how quickly um, the listeners of the show and the, the general public... I, I hate general public. It's too broad. You know, it's almost like the general big city public almost, right, right. Um, is going to be encountering these things in our everyday lives. It is coming. And for me, that's a big part of why I think our talking about those things on the show is so important. Yeah, there's there's a book I'm reading right now um, uh, called The Second Machine Age uh, by by some uh, folks from, from MIT. And... What what I'm enjoying about that um, that book is it's really uh, turned me on a bit to to understand what's meant by you know the exponential nature of some of these technologies, which I'm you know not as not as well versed in. But the idea is that um, you know these the 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 first um, set of doublings that you'd get uh, double in in power from from Moore's law in uh, um, you know, th those seem almost linear in nature because you're going, say, you know, from two to four to eight to 16. But once you get into, you know, uh, sort of these very large and, and, and powerful numbers as the doubling increases, um, then you start getting, you know, these m mass amounts of power, um, uh, computing power that that becomes available to other technologies. And, and, and what they point out in the book is that uh, we're at that point right now with, uh, you know, the, the mobile technologies and the Internet of Things technologies, where they're all able to leverage uh, this, uh, uh, this exponential power uh, of, of Moore's law. And so, so perhaps part of the reason why these technologies seem to be coming uh, forward so quickly uh, is because this this computing power is you know we're really into that you know that exponential at the very beginnings of that exponential computing power. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at the way uh, 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 sequencing for genomics has dropped, uh, uh, you know, you know a thousand a thousand times the the, the cost. The the first uh, human genome project I, th I think was you know two billion dollars, and and now you can get your your genome sequenced for a thousand dollars, right? And that in in some large part is due to you know software and computing power. So this um, this trend of technologies that are becoming uh, commercialized and very powerful very quickly. I, I think we're going to be seeing more of that as, uh, you know, Moore's law continues to make, uh, you know, the, the leverage uh, that these technologies have for, you know, exponential power possible. Um, so, so from, I, I'm enjoying that book very much, but I, it's not something that I've thought about um, a whole ton beforehand. And, and it makes me, 
uh, both excited and maybe a little frightened to see what the next steps are in, in any of these. Yeah, you know, the other part of all this is it's it's not very sexy, but at the core of all of this, the the, the technology platform are personal computing devices and the Internet. So our desktop, our laptop, our phone, our iPads, that is what is accelerating all of this. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's spoken pretty commonly in the scientific community that over the last 10 years, we've learned more about the human brain and human body than in all of previous human history. And that is 100% the product of just the good old um, networked personal computing devices. I mean, it's just that simple at the end of the day because we have such access to information. We've compressed time um, in terms of knowledge transfer and acquisition so much that it allows science to, to just explode. And so, I mean, piggybacking on what you were saying, that acceleration is just continuing. And now that we're getting machine intelligence in that as well, which can process in some ways um, better than we can. And once we figure out the right way to augment um, and sort of optimize for what should the human brain and creative be doing and what should the machine be doing as a, a um, an accessory, an apprentice in parallel, um, then it's going to speed up even more. And, and I can't even begin to imagine how fast things might start to move. That's right. That's right. So, listeners, uh, we hope you'll continue with us on, on this journey, uh, looking at the next wave of innovation and, and new forms of design. Remember that while you're listening to the show, you can follow along with the things that we're mentioning here in real time. Just head over to the digitallife.com. That's just one L in the digital life. And go to the page for this episode. We've included links to pretty much everything mentioned by everybody, so it's a rich information resource to take advantage of while you're listening or afterward if you're trying to remember something that you liked. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Player FM, and Google Play. And if you want to follow us outside of the show, you can follow me on Twitter at John Follett. That's J-O-N-F-O-L-L-E-T-T. And, of course, the whole show is brought to you by Involution Studios, which you can check out at GoInvo.com. That's G-O-I-N-V-O.com. Dirk? You can follow me on Twitter at D Niemeyer. That's at D-K-N-E-M-E-Y-E-R. And thanks so much for listening. So that's it for Episode 160 of The Digital Life. For Dirk Niemeyer, I'm John Follett, and we'll see you next time. 